Hey everyone, it's great to have you back for I Want to Be A on localjobnetwork.com radio. Here we speak with professionals in a variety of industries and fields, so they give us some tips and the inside track on these particular positions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is part two of I Want to Be a Surveyor with Kurt Sumner, a veteran surveyor and the executive director for the National Society of Professional Surveyors. We continue the conversation by getting into the details of the necessary education, including certification, internships, and continuing that education throughout your career. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about what surveying entails and some of the aspects of it, personality, skill-wise, um, even some of the details in the day-to-day. Uh, for those listening, I'm sure are curious, okay, how do I really get into this? I mean, you've talked about the education side in terms of needing to know uh, those skills and the technology aspect, obviously. But I guess what what is somebody looking at in terms of degrees? Does it matter what school they're going to? Uh, what, what would you sort of, how would you point them in the, in the proper direction if you really think that they're going to be able to succeed in this industry? Yeah, what they need to look for is a, is a college with a degree, preferably a four-year degree, you can start with a two-year degree, and in some states with that two-year degree, you can ultimately get licensed. Some you can't. Okay. The state laws are all different. Uh, they're similar, but they're different. And one can't transfer a license from one state to another without going through some level of examination. Sure. It might be a, a, a very simple examination depending on how long you've been working and that kind of thing. But what people need to look for if they're coming out of high school, and of course in high school you need to take some pretty basic science and math courses to get prepared to go to the to university, but you're looking for a school that has a program primarily in surveying or what is now termed geomatics. Okay. Geomatics is an international term that entails surveying and lots of other land valuation and all those kind of things, um, but a lot of the programs are, are labeled these days as, as geomatics. There are even courses called surveying engineering. Uh, which, again, is a, a preference that a particular school might like to, to call their program. But those are the types of programs you're looking for, and, and there are quite a few of them around the country. We One of the things we do here at NSPS is we do the evaluation of those programs when they seek accreditation from the National Accreditation Board. And we have a team of people who goes into the school and, and does the evaluation of that program versus the criteria for getting accreditation. And currently, there are only 20 eight, I believe, of those schools in the entire country. Oh, wow. There are a lot of other schools teaching surveying education, and that the fact that they're not accredited doesn't necessarily mean they're bad schools. It just means they haven't sought accreditation. Right. So you can find them. There, there are some states that don't have a program at all, um, and, and some cooperative agreements have been set up in cases like that where students from surrounding states can go into the program within state tuition. Uh, one of those that comes readily to mind is East Tennessee State University in Johnson City. They have a, an arrangement with Virginia, Kentucky, West Virginia, all the states that surround them, mm-hmm. where students can come into that school as if they were, were in-state students rather than being out of state. So that regional school concept works in some areas, and then some states have more than one school. So uh, they're they're scattered about through the country. Uh, we have information about them, obviously, on our website at NSPS, and and that information is usually available through the state surveying society. Each of our states has it, an independent surveying society. Okay, that is a, all of those are affiliated with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of them are in a joint membership program with us now. But their information can be found on websites for those state surveying societies or on our website. That's great information to know and understand that, you know, if you're looking into this to to find those credible sources and, and you guys obviously can help out in that way. So I'm, I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving that information for our listeners. Now, as we're moving forward, you, you had mentioned 
earlier about an internship. Uh, I guess that was a question too that comes up. I mean, how much of that is required? Is there field work before you actually get a job or an internship? Again, however you want to phrase it. Uh, I guess what's sort of the path when you do get, uh, you know, you get the education, certification, internship, how does that all work together? Well, the internship occurs differently depending on level of education. Oh, okay. The, as I said before, the internship is four years after the fundamentals exam. And I, I guess I misstated a little bit right there because once you get to fundamentals, the internship is pretty much the same, no matter how you got to fundamentals. <laughs> but the types of things you might be doing in that internship could vary depending on whether or not you had the degree because the degree is going to prepare you to do different things than perhaps your your path that got you to fundamentals without the education. So it, it could have an impact on the things you on you on that you do and the types of projects that you would would undertake. For example, if you came the route of without the education, it might be difficult to get into some of the more technologically advanced type projects. You might be doing land boundaries or maybe construction work or that kind of thing more often than you would be if you'd gone through the through the educational side of things. And you mentioned certification earlier. For those people who are working in situations where they're allowed to seek licensure without the degree, we have a program at NSPS called the Certified Survey Technician Program. Okay. And, and people in, engage in that program for a number of reasons. One of the primary reasons they do is to prove their credentials. Hmm. Our, le- our level one could be first day on the job. You might even be able to pass it. Who knows? <laughs> level, level four is all the way up to where you're pretty much ready to, to go sit for that fundamentals exam. Sure. And so it's just a way to prove one's credential and capability as they're moving through their job process, working toward licensure in those environments where it's available without the four-year degree. And so that certification exists. And and then we actually have another certification for hydrographic surveyors. Uh, That program was instituted by the federal government 30 years ago. And hydrographers survey the land underwater. Hmm. Interesting. Very simply put. It might be the oceans. It might be a lake. It might be whatever. But that that is hydrography. And uh, it's a different set of skills than than other types of surveying and that's why there's a separate certification for it outside of the the surveying license and that's not to say you can't do hydrography without our certification but you can't really work on government projects without that certification <laughs> because they want they the government wants to be sure that people do have a, the capability that that's required right and speaking of learning more things most of our state licensing laws now require continuing education to keep your license I think there's only maybe four states that don't require it at this point. Okay. Those uh, criteria vary from state to state as well. Some states, it's so many hours per year. Some other states, it's a different number of hours per year. But the idea is that particularly in today's world when things are changing so rapidly, uh, without continuing education, it's hard to keep up with all the transitions. Look at people like me. I've been doing this a really long time. (laughs) But so many things have changed since I went to school and began working, that if I don't find ways to learn about new things, then I, I'm not going to be able to practice as as well as I want to or as broadly as I might want to. Right. So those continuing education requirements are there for that purpose. And then they're also there because periodically you have to take any education related to the laws that apply to you in, a, in the particular states where you're licensed because they change too. Sure. So you have to make sure that you keep up with that. So that that's another part of it. It's it's after licensure side, but uh, but on the internship side, 
there's lots of information out there. Workshops are available online. They're available through our state surveying societies. A lot of the equipment manufacturers now hold their own conferences where they have uh, educational programs where people can learn how to do things. Of course, they're going to teach them how to do it with their equipment, but <laughs> but it does allow you to learn new things. Right. So it, it's a never-ending educational process, really. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and I think that's a huge point to, to mention to people. And I, especially, you know, you brought up the technology side of things. I think that's obvious, but I, I like how you mentioned, you know, laws come into play and, and different factors there that um, that make it essential to continue that education. I wanted to ask, you know, you're going through the process and I'm curious about the job interview side of things uh, because you're talking about, you know, accumulating data, maybe analyzing things, utilizing math. Uh, how does that work? Are you assessed in a job interview on things like that? Is it more just trying to get a feel for the individual uh, as a person, their personality? Uh, how, how do you think that works mainly in that job interview? Some tips for the job seekers out there. Well, it's certainly part of that, uh, part of that, process is to get a sense of a person's capabilities to do the technical side of things. You want to know what types of projects they've worked on. You want to know, once again, going back to their educational background, what does that cover? What What is that prepared you to do? And, and of course, it depends on whatever level of job you're seeking, um, you know, whether it's an entry-level job or, or a more advanced level. So, so the person who's conducting that interview wants to know those things. And, and quite honestly, our, C, our CST program plays, plays a part of that too. If you go in as a, a level three, then you're probably going to be considered better than somebody who's on a level two. Right. Just because you've proven that capability. And a lot of people like to use it for that. And the, the employers like to use it for an evaluation tool. They want to know how their people are doing who already work for them. <laughs> so that's clearly part of the process. You want to get a sense of the person's background. How well have they, you know, how well have they understood what their jobs are? But just like anything else, a big part of that interview is what kind of individual am I dealing with here? Am, am I talking to somebody that I feel as though is going to show up every day? Or they're going to, am I going to be able to trust them? Am I going to be able to, to think that they will hold a confidence if I need them to in terms of what our workload, what our work is? Uh, and that's not that you're hiding anything from anybody, but but you want people to be trustworthy, and uh, and you want to know how they're going to treat your clients, because oftentimes those people that are at your technician level, or are in that internship, are the ones who are seeing your clients on, in in the field more than you are. Right. So it's really important that the people who are working for you also have those good people skills, because they're going to be doing that interacting and. Uh, I always, I always laugh. I, I was doing a seminar a few years ago, and an old friend of mine, I've known him for many, many years, was in the class. And I was talking about the importance of this element of, of what we do, and it really is a critical element. And he raised his hand, and he said, but Kurt, I thought I took this job so I didn't have to talk to anybody, so I could sit <laughs> in the back room and just do my computing. And he was being a bit facetious. But sure. the fact is, it is a people job, and it doesn't matter what level of job you're doing. If you're a person out there gathering data or uh, the guy holding the pole that somebody else is taking positions with or whatever, that person's going to interact with the public somewhere along the way. So it's really critically important that for the for the well-being of your business and the well-being of our profession, that people coming into it understand that those people skills are critical. Well, I do appreciate that because I do think people who have a general idea of what the profession is probably have that in mind, that it's a little more isolated and you don't have to 
in their terms, worry about talking with others. So I, I think it is good to hear that that is an aspect of it that, that will play a, a large part. You know, we're getting a little low on time, but I wanted to sort of give you the opportunity um, to speak to the job seekers out there who might be interested in one way or another of getting into this field. What would you really want to tell them as a takeaway as far as what they really should know or need to know or just any piece of advice that would help for the individuals that are interested in looking at surveying as a career? Well, I think the thing I would say primarily is that if you're interested in technology and even if it goes to your cell phone or whatever the case may be, surveying is one of those fields that is always on the the front edge of technology. We get to use the types of things that come about ahead of a lot of other people. And and we also have such a diverse atmosphere in which we work. We're interacting with, with other people all the time. We're working with cool equipment. Uh, we have the challenges of being getting there, being those solve, problem solvers. And, and as I mentioned early on, again, it's one of those jobs where it's a service to the public. That's, that's why we have licenses, because we are servants of the public. And, it, and it's our job to make sure that we serve them well in terms of uh, stewardship of land and ownership of land and how one deals with the land, whether, however that may be, whether it's ownership or construction or whatever the case may be. So you get to use really high-tech toys. <laughs> you, you get a lot of challenges because there's a lot of problem-solving involved, and you get to deal with people uh, on a regular basis. And there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from that. It, it's one of those jobs where surveyors really feel as though they make a difference in other people's lives, and they do. And so you, you just want it to be a good experience. Uh, and that's what we strive for. Every one of us who's in the profession strives to be able to be that person other people can depend on and want to depend on because you, the service you give them is, is one that they value and they value you because of the way you do it. Well, Kurt, it's clear you have a lot of passion for this field. I mean, even through all the years that you've worked, uh, you know, you can really hear it in your voice. And we appreciate hearing that. And I think our listeners really do uh, latch on to that when they hear that. But unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on I Want to Be a Surveyor. Our expert guest has been Kurt Sumner, the Executive Director for the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Kurt, again, thanks for coming on, giving us the inside scoop on your field. And uh, and again, really giving us uh, an idea of, of how this field can be really a benefit for everybody. We appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Of course, if you have any comments, comments or questions regarding any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio, you can also email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And you want to find out about another job that's out there that could be waiting for you. Once again, for everybody here, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.